You have reached a phone call from Paul. A Literary Hub podcast. To hear more, visit lithub.com. Part two of Paul Holden Graber's conversation with Laurie Anderson. But but I'm I want to come back in in, in a moment to 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 this notion of place. So you're you're writing now something about your need for location to be somewhere anchored. Well, not my need. I'm writing about the place. I'm writing about the places rather than the need to be there. I suppose that's kind of implicit. Right. But, yes. But um. I'm writing about places that that really, you know, stink or that are really, really there in a way that you know, people can use their minds to kind of go, whoa, I'm there. And, and, and let's say not very many people are there. Let's say no one's in this place. How do you how do you make it real for people so that they can um, uh, feel that they're they're there? Well, I guess through uh, when he says. I wish you could have seen the sunset. Yes. Uh, suddenly, a whole other world <laughs> opens up. Yes, and and for me, it, it it did as well. I mean, it really, really did as well, Laurie, because, of course, I had no notion of that while I was talking to him. And interestingly enough, the first thing you asked me when I called you now is, where are you? Yeah, yeah, I, I do like to know that. And you were pretty vague about it because somewhere in the library, uh, it's it's a big library, and uh, and I I was pretty vague. I I actually am in in my office, so it's 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 less vague, but it's still this humongously huge, uh, imposing, and hopefully welcoming building. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, it is welcoming. It yes, is very very welcoming place. And and uh, this library matters to you in in many ways. And I know I think now. Um, in terms of a place, um, it's a place where you're you're beginning perhaps to do a little bit of research on on Melville. Yes. Tell me about that. Tell me what you're looking for, or rather, not what you're looking for, but what you're finding. Okay. You know what? I'm, I am going to do something. I don't. I, I try never to do when I'm talking to someone. I'm going to just open my laptop and see what I heard because um, I. Uh, I did hear from him, and I've gotten so many messages. You suggested talking to someone named Thomas Lennon. I did, I did, because because I I figured you know you these librarians and these curators are truly treasures, right. and and they know so much, and um, they are so extraordinarily helpful and want to let people know the the treasure troves we have. I mean, because this library is kind of the Ellis Island of New York, and so it's a point of entry. And I, I knew of your, I knew through you of your love of, of Melville, and and you wanted to know more. And so hopefully you you both will know more, and it will come out in some transmuted form in whatever whatever you do next. Um, I hope so, too. Um, and I'm just opening this uh, dense thing that he sent, and I, um, I didn't even thank him yet for, for doing this. Oh, please. He is saying, 
And I wanted to know if there was um, uh, a uh, an editor of Moby Dick because I I had in my research in my ill-fated attempt to write an opera based on it found that uh, somebody had written something that there was um, that Ahab was absent from the first uh, version. From the, um, now, here's what I got from Thomas Lennon just now. Um, there is no known manuscript of Moby Dick. I have attached a sound article. What is a sound article? Well, I don't know what that means. But attached a sound article. That's fantastic. Actually, a book chapter about the text of Moby Dick. Chapter appears as the textual record in the Northwestern Newberry edition of the writings of Herman Melville, Volume Six, Moby Dick, edited by Harrison Hayford, G. Thomas Tansel, Ursel Parker. It may prove helpful, and I apologize for the massive delay, Thomas. Now that is really nice of him to look this up for me, um, but I. So embarrassed that I just am like. Oh please, Ow. please! <laughs> but but but. you helped me get this. Well, well, when the time comes, you you will. So um. So now I'm going to open it up and and check it out. Yeah, check it out and learn about it and 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 this is with a view of 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 doing what. Well, trying to find out um, whether uh, in fact the. Um, book the the first um, uh, draft of this book, and we and, and and I don't know how I got this um, um, information. Well, let's say rumor. I don't know where this rumor started uh, that uh, Ahab was not in the book at the at the beginning, and and someone read it, and, and my impression was that it was an editor, somebody who was. I mean, there were lots of people I think reading the book as he was. Um, or lots of people, I'm not sure, but there were readers. Um, and uh, um, uh, so I, I think it might be apocryphal, but I'm, I'm going to read this very long article and let you know. Yeah. Or spreading any more false rumors. Anyway, so yeah, that may come out in something. But we're going to talk at the library. Yeah, we 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 are, and 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 you know, um, I I'm not exactly sure what road we will take. But, but <laughs> that's really but, good. But I yeah, I do think it's good, and I I do think it will it pro- will provide us with a framework of opening up all kinds of subjects, including this this very important one, which is um, th- about place. You know, there is a, a writer, I don't know how much you have already written your essay about about various places that, that are, are so powerful to you, but there's someone I might suggest to you, um, and you may, you may or may not know her work, is Jan Morris. She used to be James Morris, uh, she, as James um, wrote all kinds of extraordinary books on, on various places, including uh, about the United States, about Oxford, about many other places. But she, she wrote one book in particular, uh, which I adore, called 
Trieste, as in the Italian city, and the meaning of nowhere. Ooh. Trieste, and it is a book, and it's, it's a book written for you. Where? It is a book written for you. Trieste and the meaning of nowhere. She was James and then became Jan and wrote this book about that transformation called Conundrum, which is a very famous book of hers written in the 1970s when she changed her gender. But this book um, is just magnificent. Trieste and the meaning of nowhere. And it will give you a sense of... Of place. I mean, another person who writes beautifully about place is Pico Aya, I Y E R. I know that's yeah. true too. Yeah, beautifully. I mean, it, it's it's a subject which truly also intrigues and 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 I think very much accompany, accompanies me because I I feel you know as I don't really have a place. Or a country. Feel that way? Well, I do. I feel like I have, you know, many, maybe not, not no real mother tongue, but maybe several father tongues, and maybe, maybe, um, no, because my parents were from from Austria and then emigrated to Haiti and then lived all over the place. I I feel that. Um, that's a lot of places. That's a lot of places, exactly. And, and which which Ayur book do you is the best? Um, there's some essays about travel which are wonderful, and there's a book of his that I I I do keep coming back to, which is called the Global Soul. Ooh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, that suits you. It does. It does, especially given given what I just said, and you know I was thinking about place when you started to talk about it. I was thinking about it in relationship to Heart of a Dog and thinking, you know, what is it about that that film in particular which is searching about place? Oh, well, let's see. Um, that's, that almost goes against... Um, many of the things I was, I was just saying, because um, uh, it's uh, it's central. One of the central um, elements of this is um, is uh, trying to visualize the bardo, which is the forty nine day period that the Tibetan Book of the Dead describes as transitional period for the energy um, uh, that transforms. Uh, itself at, upon death, and what and how that happens, and and uh, so theories about that. So um, uh, there are a number of sort of place stories in them, uh, the, but the biggest place is up in this. Right, right. And um, sky is right. An image of not an image, but sky is sky pure sky, but also uh, the stories involve um, both freedom and fear, and they toggle between uh, using the sky as a place where you can feel the greatest freedom and uh, and also fear. So it invokes uh, 9-11, and it invokes some images of um, uh, the... Um, 
childhood ideas about sky, uh, and it ends with a place uh, uh, in in my. It's now really my memory, uh, but uh, 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 on a, a story about a lake. So uh, they're they're all um, they're all. It's almost like paintings in a way because they they all are really. Um, Okay, here's what this looks like, and now we're going to move over to this snowy landscape, and this is what this feels like and looks like and sounds like, and here's what I was, um, uh, what I was thinking about when I was there, and uh, it, it shows you a lot of places as well, and and they yeah. and they're in loop-like forms, so you're not really there as at a place where something might happen. You're there as just looking around. It's sort of like once I went to Central Park with the poet Anne Carson, who's a friend of mine, and oh, she said, yeah. I want you to, let's try a new sport, and it's going to be called snow standing. I said, really? What do you, what's that? And she said, well, we just stand here, and it snows on us, and that's it. I was like, that sounds really nice. So we just stood there, and it was that snowstorm a long time ago when the gates uh were up in Central Park. Yeah. The beautiful orange. Yeah, the, the Christo gates. Yeah and, yeah, and we stood there and the snow piled on our heads and our shoulders and um, the gates were blowing around. <laughs> it was really a wonderful sport. I don't know if it's a sport. Like, I can't tell the difference sometimes between a sport and a ride um, or a sport and a something else, you know, uh, how much effort do you put into it. So that with standing... Of course, you do put in quite a lot of effort to stand still, so the snow is not going to, you know, uh, it, that it'll pile correctly. And so, um, anyway, um, the places I invoked in the film tended to be uh, quite different from each other, but it also, um, they tended to be snowy places, partly because when I was shooting the film, it was snowing a lot, so I had a lot of snow shots that I needed to put in. Anyway, um uh it's a uh the thing that makes it different from another way to invoke place like an, if you do it on a record let's say you could make 12 places 12 songs they're very different places and they're like little islands and they don't have to relate to each other but i found that in making a film i had to draw so i had to find an engine i needed energy lines i needed it to connect somehow they couldn't just be floating islands i mean of course you can have a collection of short stories and they're they're all like good short stories and whatever but um if they if they don't if they're not catalytic then then it's a collection uh like paintings which is a beautiful thing to do but i like something like a film to go somewhere i like it to change uh, throughout, uh, and I like all of these things to have a, um, an effect on that energy line that pulls you through this and, and makes you kind of go, well, I see that that's happening over there, but what if that happened? Look, that might happen. It did happen. Oh, now it's all different. You know, so in other words, a narrative line that pulls you through and, and makes you active, makes you an active person uh, paddling around those islands, you know that they're, you're not just a sightseer. You're somebody who's you're more of a like an anthropologist, or you're 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 deeper into it than just being an observer. You're a, a, somehow suddenly a participant in a weird way. So um, this is what I love about 
my favorite films, I feel very different at the end than at the beginning. Right. And I, I just like that very much. I also like films that are just beautiful, and you see many beautiful things, and it's over. Boom. But what what a what a the, the the some of the favorite films where you you have felt different at the beginning and at the end. Well, I'm curious. My favorite film, Miracle in Milan, Victoria De Sica is probably that you know, so that um, he goes from sort of dingy despair to ecstasy, and that's you know quite a trip. Quite, <laughs> I was going to say as as a journey, it's quite a journey. Yeah, it is. And you feel, uh, and things get lifted off of you as you walk out of that film, you know. Wait, I just had that feeling, some other, what was that? I had that freedom feeling in, oh gosh, what was this film I saw recently? Uh, let me think. Wow, it really affected me a lot. You can see how much it affected me. I no, 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 no. It, it, uh, <laughs> Names are dropping yeah, out of... Well, they, they, this happens all the time. And, and Or to me, these yeah. days, the older I get, I'm like, names, they're evaporating. Um, let me think what that really wonderful film was. It will... It may come back. But you know, when you, when you were talking about uh, Heart of a Dog and you were talking about the 49 days... I remember that incredible tribute you did, the concert you did um, on the 50th day for, for Lou Reed. And it was so, it was also very much, now that I think of it, it was very much connected to place. You kept putting Lou back in various places of which had surrounded him. Of his and and the that evening was so tremendous because I think it was probably helpful to you, but it was helpful to everyone there because they felt as though that that place of that place and space of fifty days had was in need of that marker. Yeah, was in need of that territory. Yeah, I I went right straight ahead with the forty nine day thing, and every week we. Um, got together and, and did it, celebrated another thing that Lou uh, uh, loved. Loved. So technology, like real gear stuff, you know, he loved, loved new stuff. Another day was photography, another was Tai Chi, another was meditation, another was music, another was words, um, and another was friendship. And And by the time you get to see all these aspects of a person, I mean, I'll never see all the aspects of Lou because even though we lived together for 21 years, it, it was it was very short, you know. And and he was a person who had many lives and and many uh, very very complicated person. And um, so I I uh, wanted to in celebrating the end of his life to to kind of look at a little bit from a, a few different sides of, of all, the, all the people he was. And, um, and uh, yeah, that definitely helped me. And so uh, really just appreciate him even more. So that was why. And I think that's why the Tibetans do this, is like they really understand that energy is uh, contagious. <laughs> you know, it, it works like that. 
it it passes from uh, one person to another. And I, uh, just the way you go to a concert and you feel the energy of the singer, it becomes part of you. It's part of your own energy and it's your authentic energy then. It's your own. And then you use it the way you would like. But you, we were, were throwing it around all the time. Here, you take it, you take it. So, so that's why that has power is that it is the people, um, take that tea. Right, it it has lasting. I mean, because you know, you think of it. It's one evening. It was a uh, an unforgettable evening, but it it stays with us forever. So these heightened moments of, in this particular case of you know, mourning and and in some sense, um, l- not really letting go. But they don't say it. Talk about it as mourning or letting go. Really, particularly no. No, it's um, uh, it's more it, it's more focused on uh, the person who is moving out. So it's not you letting them go; they're moving out anyway. So right. y- you'll you'll have to let them go. But this is a celebration of that person and not of your loss. It's so interesting. Right? It's so interesting to to begin to think that we can think differently than than we're, we're used to. I, I, I remember when we, we saw each other last, you had mentioned the book that I still haven't read, but you were reading with passion of this young doctor who had died at age, I think, 37 or 38. Oh, that was a beautiful book, yeah. It's called When Breath Becomes Air. Right. And uh, it's a very short book, really, really beautiful um, uh, book of, of, of a person uh, facing his death and just trying to figure out how to do it well. And and I I, I love I, I got it because I loved the title, you know. And then I and then I loved the book. It was a it was a really honest uh, account of of something. Not somebody trying to be too brave, you know. Somebody who uh, had fear as well and was uh, uh, and a lot of regret. You know, it was just a very touching book because it was so. Real. Hon- honest. Yeah. It, it, from from all accounts, Book it wasn't trying to tell you what to do. <laughs> no, no, no. How Lor- I feel, and that was it was very powerful too. Laurie, two two things did did the did the movie you saw recently that affected you come back to your mind? Um, not yet. Okay. Well, well, it 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 will on another occasion when we see each other. And now, when I as I as I bid farewell to you until we see each other soon again what what are you going to what are you going to do after our phone call now what are you going back to what are you in the middle of uh i am going to look i, I just realized I, I have a picture of a of a uh dark night in a uh kind of a woods and i thought i would put that into slideshow so i'm going to go and look for that now um slideshow is the is the um stand-up act. I'm, I'm calling it slideshow because I am too much of a multimedia artist not to have anything, so I'm going to have a couple of pictures. No music, uh, no set, but a couple of pictures. And this is for for uh, a concert you're doing? Yeah, this will be in Brighton uh, in uh, around uh, I think May 18th, something like that. Right. So i got to get hopping on that one because I'm yes. coming right up. But I, I'm just... I'm winging it these days, you know, it's really, 
quite a lot of fun. Well, you know, uh, the, the winging it means that you've prepared a long time before. <laughs> You know, um, well, uh, you know, there there is that line I always mention that improvisation is something you prepare, where you prepare to a point, and then the rest is all the things we know, we 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 live with, uh, the ways we perceive life that really precede the moment of preparation right now. Um, I'm I'm sure that is true. I'm sure that is true. It it must be. Laurie, I, I've loved talking to you. Um, I always love talking to you, and I, I I can't wait also to to go up to Mass Smoke in a in a year's in a year's time and see what you will be inventing there. It sounded from everything Joe said, he's so excited. So, um, be a blast. yeah, it really will be, and it's such a beautiful space up there. Speaking of place, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, Go go back to your night, and um, we will we will speak soon again. And I send you much love. Same here. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.